This is the Transmission Times. In the wake of the killing of George Floyd by police in Minnesota and the groundswell of outrage at police brutality and the awakening of the American public, the white American public, to the extent that racial injustice and inequality exist in every day and have for 400 years, that awakening is perhaps the most difficult part of the pandemic for me as I'm on the sidelines. I think for me it's tied into a lot of other issues around race and racism and particularly as a British person the history of our country in stealing land from others in enslaving and transporting people from the Africas across the Americas and the history of racism that has ensued in the UK And I think what's been particularly difficult for me in all of this is just the sense of not knowing how to engage with it and not knowing how to respond. I've joined protests before, but I'm of an age where joining in that way right now is not a choice I'm making. I'm not risking myself and exposing myself to the virus, though the cause and the movement have never been so important to move forward. And so just this week, I've started to speak out and I've made it my mission to listen and to hear other people's stories, especially people of colour, black people, ethnic minorities, anyone who's been marginalised. There have been helicopters going non-stop for most of the late afternoon into the evening. It's very late in the evening now, and there are still helicopters. I live about a mile from the White House, And it has just been an extremely noisy evening. There were what felt like fireworks, maybe gunshots, a lot of smoke. And at one point I could hear protesters about a block away. There have been protests all around the world, including here in Manchester, where I live. And we had a debate in my house about whether we should go because the infection rate is still quite high here and in the end we decided to go and be on the fringes so that we could show solidarity and also maintain our distance from people and that was what we did and it felt like the right thing to do and to be honest it's so hard 
There's so much complexity with all of this, it's hard to know what the right thing to do is. It feels like our world is obviously shifting and I don't know how this is going to resolve itself. This feels very big and significant, but I don't know how it's all going to end up. I woke up from a nightmare this morning. It was me seeing a friend and they inviting me to a restaurant and there were all these tables close together and people brushing up against me and I was so uncomfortable and confused of why nobody is like taking any measures or social distancing or anything. It was like it was a normal day before this pandemic and I was the only one who lived in this other reality and I had a mask on and gloves and I ended up fleeing the scene and running home and feeling so alone actually besides the panicky stressful sensation I felt so alone and misunderstood and that I had to continuously justify why I have those things on and people didn't understand me and there was a look of like ridicule and I woke up and I realized that those types of sensations sometimes I do experience when I kind of have to explain why I have a mask on or why I don't want to hug a friend or why we don't want to meet friends in a crowded place or like all these things that you kind of have to explain it's not like it's obvious even though <laughs> a few weeks ago it was obvious for everybody there was a period of time where it felt like we were in a kind of action phase and now that we've come through the first peak of the pandemic there's a recognition that Life is going to be different for quite a while, but that we may need to change things from how they were done in that first action phase. That's meant thinking about how my partner and I might organise our working patterns and childcare for our son so that we're not in the longer term in this constant cycle of seven days a week being working days and not really getting any time together as a whole family. It feels a little bit sad because you know it's the realization that this isn't a quick thing and we're not going to be able to return to life as we knew it anytime soon if at all I was really gunning to get this promotion in June. It would have been a year early at my consulting firm and I'd been just kind of lining 
everything up to get it and working extra hard for the past year. And then just recently, my company announced that they were no longer doing mid-year promotions. And to be honest, at first, I was pretty bummed out. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized it definitely was the best possible thing that could have happened to me because I was definitely running on empty traveling every week to different states across the U.S. back to back nonstop and was probably going to burn out if I just hopped into a new manager role by June. I work in the auto industry and it's been difficult to acquire vehicles for my clients. Almost all manufacturers have closed their factories at some point all over the world. The three biggest manufacturers that I work with are Ford, GM, and Chrysler slash Dodge, all of which are headquartered in Michigan. And I've been in close communication with local dealers in that area. And they've been telling me that they've had trouble getting vehicles. And if they're in the backyard of the headquarters there, then I know for a fact I'm in for trouble when it comes to getting vehicles here in New York. So I've had to get crafty. I have one client that only uses a particular type of SUV for his business, and I've been searching all over the U.S. for this type of vehicle. I finally found a few, and in addition to ordering the car, I actually ordered a bottle of champagne, too, to celebrate, and I'm going to put it in the driver's seat when I deliver it to him. It was a small win, but sometimes you just have to celebrate the small wins. So this morning is eighth grade graduation, where we'll gather in the parking lot of an event center in our cars. The graduates are driving through, honking our horns, waving at them, showing our love. And with masks on and with signs on our cars, we will celebrate our eighth graders as they graduate. And this isn't how we planned it, but this is how it is. Our son is finishing kindergarten and going into first grade and we went to a knighting ceremony which was happening family by family, spaced apart so that nobody would meet each other. So it was just the four of us. And we went into the the field at the back of the school where the two kindergarten teachers were waiting and we had the sword with us and our son held the sword, but he was overwhelmed by the whole thing. I'm not sure it if he found it too emotional because he misses school or if just irrelevant because he doesn't remember it. But he was basically dumbstruck. He did stand where he was asked to stand and he walked over a little wooden bridge and his teacher read out a poem and knighted him into first grade. But so hard for him to understand. There's this thing that he's been looking forward to for years, ever since his sister did it. And it didn't really happen So he'll never have that memory that she had. I just feel so sad for them that what they think is their future isn't necessarily going to happen and that my wife and I can't even prepare them for it because we don't know what's going to happen in September. Today, we got a letter from my children's school that was due to open this week saying that it's not due to open because here in the northwest of England the infection rate has gone above one, which means that it's much riskier. And the head teacher wrote a letter to all parents saying, you know, although I haven't had 
any advice from the local government, I'm taking this decision because I'm not convinced that we can keep families safe. And so that's been a relief in a way to know that even when there's a crisis of leadership nationally and from local government, that my children's school is led by someone who is going to put safety first. I think when this pandemic started, I was kind of blasé, thinking it wouldn't touch us. We'd just hide in our house for a while and it, it would pass us by and that would be it. But it really is touching us very deeply, hurting us. And I just, I'm feeling so sad and so worried about what this is going to do to them growing up as children, adolescents, what they're going to carry into adulthood. And also, I think, feeling in some absurd way that it's my fault. I should have shielded them more. And I couldn't. So yesterday was the last day of school for my kids at their yeah, Waldorf school. When we got there, we were all lining up in our cars, and there were a couple of police cars at the front of the line, and they started off, and we drove all around the back of the school. And every like 10 to 20 feet, there was a teacher, and it was really cool because the teachers were all there and they had like signs or there were beautiful flowers. One teacher had all these rainbow like windmill things and Imogen especially liked it. I think even Reese liked it. And have a good summer. At the end, Imogen was really sweet about it and said, I want to keep the sign so I can tell my kids the sign I used for the last day of school when we were in lockdown. Yeah. So do I. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Joan, Karen, Laura, Gemma, another Laura, Kathleen, Michael, Christina, Brian, and my kids Imogen and Reese, whose voices are coming to you from Maine, California, Washington, D.C., New York, the U.K., and Romania. The Transmission Times Project is collecting audio diaries from people like you during this pandemic so that we can create an archive to document this moment in history. If you'd like to join the Transmission Times and add your voice and your story to the archive and possibly be on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Please sign up at transmissiontimes.org join. That's transmissiontimes.org join. I'm Katie Semro. This is the Transmission Times. 